0: Hello and welcome to the September 30th, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. I apologize if you hear some extracurricular activity and noises and nonsense, but you know what, in Mr. Joe's neighborhood, it is absolutely beautiful today, so I have decided to record via the outdoors, the beautiful nature, the warm weather, the uh, sun shining down on my face, because you know what, as always, it is awesome to have everybody here with me today and of course it's always wonderful to be out there with you as well. So now it's been a couple of days, maybe a week or so since Mr. Joe has been uh, back on the air so to speak and I have to say since the last time that you and I have spoken it's been been actually a pretty good ride for Mr. Joe. I have to tell you in terms of my overall mind state and I know I often times like to start with that report and there's really only one word to describe Mr. Joe right now, and that's stable. Uh, I'm, I'm not high, I'm not low, I'm not anywhere jumping all over the place, so to speak. I'm just stable. And, you know, I believe a lot of that has to do with the happiness in terms of my current position at my place of employment. I'm extremely satisfied in terms of what I am doing, and mainly because I've been, at least, I don't want to use the word removed, but altered in terms of my overall responsibilities in, in which I no longer am responsible for opening up a new business, that new business has been put on hold to some extent, and, um, you know, mainly because I just can't handle both of them, uh, both jobs per se in terms of what I'm doing, so I'm grateful that my organization has enough faith in me to allow me to do the things that I really love to do, which is ultimately training and talking and speaking and presenting and working with children and um, doing the very best I can in terms of helping an organization learn the proper way to handle children and adults and, for what it's worth, families of children and adults with autism and, you know, Um, It's something that you're born with, it really is, in in my opinion. It's something that you have to be naturally good at when it comes to working with children. Um, And the other stuff you can learn, as long as you're naturally good at working with children in terms of applied behavior analysis and behavior management and what we call prompt fading and all kinds of nonsense that means nothing to anybody out there, that stuff can all be taught. It's the natural ability that oftentimes cannot be taught. Uh, So, you know, I'm grateful that I have that opportunity to take those who are naturally gifted and uh, make them even better at their job, so to speak. Um, Now, in terms of my physical health, the last time we spoke, I believe I had uh, reported that they found an unimaginable, inordinate amount of blood in my urine. So I finally stepped forward and did what I had to do, and I went ahead and got myself a CT scan. Results have not returned yet from that. I just had that done on Saturday, and I'll tell you what a disaster I am. I was, you know, for all the things that you and I have been through in our lives, you would think that putting dye inside me would not be that big of a deal, but let me tell you something. The the amount of anxiety that I got from the whole thought process of having dye injected into me. And of course, you know, the first attempt to get it into my arm didn't work too well. Then they had to go a different route in one of the other veins. And, um, you know, then they're telling me it's going to feel like I, I, I peed on myself and I'm going to feel hot and metallic taste in my mouth. And, you know, none of it happened other than I got a little flush for a moment. You know, I kind of felt it going through my body. But other than that, I just worked myself up for really no reason at all. Now, unfortunately, I seem to do that with just about everything, and those of you who are listening can probably understand that we usually make a big deal out of nothing. Um, But, you know, to some degree, I guess, having dye thrown into your body and sent through your bloodstream to specific parts of your body is not exactly nothing, but... It was enough to get me all bent out of shape, and again, like those of you out there who can easily understand, it does not take us much to get us bent out of shape so um, yeah. now, I wanted to talk a little bit today about paranoia, not only paranoia but delusions, and um, even you know get into a little bit of psychosis because they 're all pretty much intertwined and I bring it up not because I am bugging out over the fact that I had dye rolling through my body no it, it just kind of it kind of triggered or sparked another thought process in me and based on how anxious I was for this test and how much of a warrior I am uh, it just made me realize that if there was one particular bipolar symptom that I was still struggling with, and again, we're struggling with all of them, don't get me wrong, I mean, all it takes is that symptom to surface (laughs) for that particular day, and, you know, any one of us will turn around and say, oh, the most prominent and most, um, you know, hard to manage symptom of bipolar disorder is A, B, C, and D, you know, depending on what letter (laughs) of the day it is. Now, for me, I could say, with almost complete 100% certainty that I think the most disturbing and the most damaging and um, the most, uh, I guess, annoying symptom for me is my paranoia. And I think I've I've talked about this with our audience many, many times in terms of my um, inability to just stop worrying. That's all I do is worry. And, you know, again, it stems from this weekend... But I I realized that my paranoia is something that, although it's gotten a little bit better, uh, especially when it comes to my thought process about my wife and her um, ability to be faithful, it's gotten better. But, you know, again, I'm still paranoid. And when we think of paranoia, guys, just so and and we've talked about this many many times i'm sure i've even done a po- podcast a full blown podcast on paranoia or delusions but just to give you a little bit of a refresher in terms of what exactly is paranoia well at least for mr joe it's a, a very disorganized and distorted and disordered way of thinking or you know simply put like a very anxious state that ultimately can lead to a delusion. And just so you know, the delusion definition is actually different from the paranoia de- definition. So, you know, the paranoia is actually that disordered way of thinking or an anxious state. So, the paranoia will oftentimes lead to a delusion, which believe me when I tell you, Mr. Joe's got plenty of those, aka my 820 sign, which I don't even want to get into because that's just a whole new story. For those of you who have listened before, I have this 820 that every time I look at the damn clock, it's there. And I know somebody's watching me. There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way that somebody has programmed my thought process or my mind to just look at that clock every time it's 820. I don't want to get into it any further because about sixty five to seventy percent of you are gonna turn this podcast off and say, you know what, we're dealing with a real wackadoo here, a real mental case. So let's just stay away from that for now. But we can define the word delusion and, you know, if if that wasn't enough for you to think of, you know, what delusional thinking is in terms of what Mr. Joe just talked about with his eight twenty time um you know and here i am sitting here saying that it is a delusion but yet i don't believe that it's a delusion go go figure but nevertheless a delusion is is actually a false belief that um that someone like myself mr joe holds to be very true and i and i am firmly in belief that whatever i am believing in is undoubtedly true So, and regardless of whether it's true or even possible to be true, a person will have that false belief in something, some kind of event, or some kind of a scenario, or pretty much anything, but uh, ultimately it's a false belief. So again, you know, it's something that we, when we're delusional, we think that is completely 100% true, and there's no really uh, negotiating that with us, but, you know, it doesn't matter, regardless of whether or not it's true or even possible to be true, we don't care, so, you know, and even when others are able to logically explain why it would be false, we still believe it, (laughs) that's really what it comes down to, that's what a delusion is, and, you know, when we talk about true paranoia, I've going a little bit further here, you know, in terms of defining these words for you and these phrases and uh in terms of what they actually, you know, mean down the root of what it what it means in terms of true paranoia, that would be, you know, this like completely unreasonable, unrealistic mistrust or a suspicion of other people. And the suspicion that we have Is not necessarily based on any kind of facts or any truthfulness it just grows into a delusion you know so we have the suspicion there are no facts to support it and then ultimately it grows into a delusion and you know the the one that everybody always seems to come up with and talk about is when the government or the FBI is tracking all your moves and you know I don't know they put they they put a tracker in my eyebrow ring so they're easily able to find out exactly where I am. I mean, you know, now I don't have that delusion anymore. I will tell you this, that many, many years ago, my ex-wife had actually found um, apparently pages and pages of things that I had written in terms of my um, belief that helicopters were flying over the house and, and uh, monitoring me and trying to find me and, you know, I don't believe that anymore, everybody. (laughs) So that's that's a good thing. Uh, But you know, I did have those times in my life, and I got to tell you, I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling, mostly with the unfaithfulness of my wife. When in actuality, it's just absurd. It's just idiotic. But you know what? When I find myself, you know, thumbing through phone numbers again, and you know, feeling the need to grab her phone, which I have not done at all. You know that that is a good indicator to me that I still have not gotten over things, and I, I have to imagine that this all stems from mania, um, you know, all intertwined to psychosis to some degree, and we'll get back into that in a minute. But just so you know, in terms of mania, I mean, clinical paranoia can be a part of a manic episode, or if you really want to break it down to the nitty-gritty it could be a sign that we're experiencing psychosis which is ultimately that definition could be easily determ- um defined as you know losing contact with reality and i know about 3% of the united states population actually does deal with psychosis and you know so you're not alone out there now some examples i guess um in terms of being paranoid and you know i'm really I'm really uh trying to come up with some, you know, goodies here and you know when I say goodies believe me when I tell you I am not knocking those of you who may feel this way because this is something that Mr. Joe has felt in the past. So I tried to pull from my repertoire of paranoia to see if these are some of the things that you guys might be thinking or feeling and if it is, you know, possible that you might want to get um, get a visit scheduled to your doctor, but I know this, you know, like I mentioned, a helicopters flying after me. A lot of people will um have this paranoia that the government is spying on them or, you know, like I said, helicopters flying and hovering above me to watch what I'm doing. Um, I would oftentimes think people were staring at me or talking about me. I know it sounds simple, but, you know, they could be talking about, you know, the last movie that they just saw at the movie theater and I'll still think that they're you know, speaking bad about me. Um, I'll even interpret, like, certain facial gestures that they'll make um, or bodily movements as, you know, like a joke, I guess, an inside joke about me. You know, oh, they, they made that face or they made that gesture. Well, that must be them making fun of me. So there was a time where I used to deal with that, too. I mean, I would think that people were deliberately trying to exclude me to make me feel like crap, you know, and I, I still believe that, <laughs> I do, I still believe that, I mean, at certain times of my life, and, you know, I mean, it all, it all goes into, you know, when people, when I think that people are, like, laughing at me hysterically, or whispering about me behind my back, that's when, you know, things are getting really pretty nasty, in terms of Mr. Joe's wackadoo mind, and You know, taking it a step further, which is something that I've never really had to deal with, but many of us who are paranoid will oftentimes think that someone might steal from us or hurt us or even kill us. I never had that true paranoia that somebody was going to murder me. (laughs) I know I'm not laughing at it for those of you who have dealt with it because it's very real. The feeling is very, very real. But keep in mind now, when you think about psychosis, which is that loss of reality, there are a whole host of things, guys, why psychosis can happen. It's not just from bipolar disorder. So, you know, those of you who may not have bipolar disorder, who are wondering, well, why in the hell am I disconnected from reality? Well, please keep in mind that, you know. There are certain vitamin deficiencies that can cause it. I think, you know, vitamin B12 would be a great example of that. Um, uh, Let's see. Well, you know, reactions to medications could be another reason why you would have psychosis. I mean, with Mr. Joe, I lived in depersonalization disorder for four years. You know, floating above your body and watching yourself act and reenact in a movie to me is psychotic. You know that's that's a great form of psychosis, and as far as I'm concerned, that was brought on by the Depakote and the Cymbalta, and uh, you know the Lamictal and the Abilify and the Seroquel, all mixed in together. They did a number on me, and you know ultimately that was a reaction to the um, incorrect or um, I guess you could say the the ineffective cocktail that when Mr. Joe was on. You know, so a reaction to meds at that point in my life, well, that caused a lot of psychosis as well. Um, thyroid disorders, uh, I know that from my mother who has a thyroid condition, not that she needs any help at all in terms of feeding her psychosis. Uh, by the way, that's a whole other topic that we're going to get into. We're going to do a, a prolonged episode on pause, post-acute withdrawal symptoms. Syndrome and by the way, uh, orange butterfly just flew by me. Man, oh man, it's unbelievable. As soon as I mention my mom, my dad comes flying by. It's actually starting to get a little scary, guys. And maybe this is delusional. I don't think so. I do believe that it's my father, or you know, maybe not my father flying around in a butterfly's body, but it's a sign, guys. There's no way that it's not. Okay, and we'll get into that and. In, another time, because again, I'm probably a perfect example right now of what you might think is delusional, but nevertheless, my mother, who was doing pretty well, she's been a couple of months since she stopped drinking, well, she finds herself back into that downward spiral of depression and post-acute withdrawal syndrome, I will be getting uh, heavily involved in that and doing a very, very intense episode on that, because for some reason, my sister and my mother both forgot the last time that she went through that. And, you know, it makes you think that I'm like a magician or, or, you know, like a future fortune teller, that I knew this was going to happen, but it doesn't take a brain scientist to realize that it was going to happen again, and it's happening. So anyway, she doesn't need any help from her thyroid to make her psychotic, but nevertheless, those of you who have psychosis, if you're not bipolar or mentally ill, that's another reason why you can develop psychosis would be from... You know, underactive or overactive thyroid, um, epilepsy would definitely be another reason. Temporal lobe epilepsy, probably to be um, specific, that's something that would absolutely cause psychosis. Uh, you know, talking about the head itself, in terms of the temporal lobe, just a head injury alone is enough to cause psychosis. And then, you know, drug use, obviously, you guys are, you know, out there popping e or snorting special k or whatever you people do out there and i'm when i say you people i just say one of one of you (laughs) who mr joe was once before of course obviously never snorting special k though i never did that i never took ecstasy uh, either as a matter of fact which is pretty interesting uh but you know nevertheless drug use absolutely psychosis obviously and then you got sleep deprivation And here is my dad flying around again. This is unbelievable that this orange butterfly just keeps flying and flying around. My goodness. Um, God. (laughs) Anyway, uh, some, some things that will help you to recognize whether or not you are about to be psychotic. I got some ideas, some thoughts. I probably did this already because I almost feel like I remember mentioning these to you at some point in time, probably many, many months ago, Um, maybe even a year ago when we talked about like some warning signs of psychosis. But um, in my opinion, they would probably fall along the lines of very similar to that of depression. You know, having a sudden loss um, or interest, a sudden loss of interest in like, you know, things that you really love to do. I know it sounds depressive, but you know, it could also be an indicator that psychosis is on its way when you have these unreasonably strong emotions or even no emotions kicking in at all, that's another potential warning sign of psychosis, obviously your sleep patterns, if you have some extreme changes, sleeping too little, sleeping too long, um, you know, again, as we think about these things, we think about mania and depression. but definitely um, as we may be giving our bodies and minds warnings that we may be headed towards a up or a downswing, we could also say that sleep patterns that are um, changing to the extreme can also be an indicator that psychosis is on its way. If you guys are not able to do things that you're normally able to do, you know, that came rather easy to you and you're not able to do them anymore physically, you well, won't. Um, it's almost like your coordination becomes a little off. Well, that's uh, something to look at, because that could be a warning sign of psychosis as well. Uh, Again, along the lines of depression, if you're beginning to isolate yourself, take it very seriously. For those of you who are not normally isolating yourself, if you find yourself to be in isolation, and, you know, let's say you're, performance at work starts to, you know, go downhill, or if you're a student and your schoolwork and your grades start to really suffer, um, that's a good indication, especially if you're bipolar. This really this really only is uh, for those of us who are already diagnosed with a mental illness, obviously, but um, for those of you who has seen your performance go down, it's also a good indicator that psychosis may be around the corner. Um, some personal hygiene struggles, you know, that would be a great indicator as well, and being suspicious, of course, <laughs> big one, I mean, there you go, I mean, does that, that is probably the starting point that psychosis is beginning to happen, um, for those of you who have trouble concentrating and focusing and um, communicating, you know, let's say if you're talking rapidly, or you're changing topics very quickly, or You know, you're talking quickly. You know, I know it sounds manic and depressive like many of these things that I'm talking about. But ultimately, these are all warning signs for not only mood swings, but also psychosis. And then, listen, man, if you are unable to identify what's real versus what's fake, and you can honestly, truly say that, then, you know, you are definitely working your way towards psychosis. So it's very important to be aware of that to monitor your own feelings or have a partner monitor them along with you so that you could both determine where you're at in your mental state of mind. Now, something I do not think that we have done, which is ultimately why I wanted to do this podcast, was to talk about the types of delusions that are out there. And you know, I made it a point today, I wanted to be a little bit more educational in our podcast and talk about some of the uh, different things that we might experience when we are delusional, but just so you know, there are different names to the different delusions that we might have. One of them called um, bizarre delusions, and exactly what it sounds like, it's just bizarre thinking. It's believing in things that are basically impossible, completely impossible. You know, nobody is turning into a werewolf, nobody has been, you know, sent down from God and is now the, um, you know, one of the apostles. Um, no, my sister's not a dinosaur. And, um, you know, th- it's just not the way that it works, okay? But unfortunately, there are some of us out there that have these b- bizarre delusions like I used to have when I was younger and I was convinced that my mother was I Dream of Jeannie. I mean, that's what I thought. And there was nothing that anybody could tell me. And I remember it now because it was so frightening to me. It really was. And had I not been medicated now and been able to kind of recognize that real versus fake, I would still think that that was very, very real. But obviously that was a bizarre um, delusion. There's something else called somatic delusions. And that's that belief that you're going to have a certain medical condition, or you have one, or you're dealing with some kind of a physical defect, or, you know, a mental condition, that's, it almost sounds to me like, you know, being a hypochondria, being a hypochondriac, you know, those semantic, somatic, somatic delusions, I believe they're called, I don't know. I just know that somatic means that you know certain medical conditions that you think you're living with and you're not really. And you know, Mr. Joe's been down that road as well. Then you have something called paranoid delusions or uh, persecutory delusions. I should probably write these things down. I I said to myself as I was looking them up, there's got to be different delusions, Mr. Joe. Yeah, you're very smart. You could remember all of these things. And if I don't write them down, I don't remember. But I believe it was called persecutory or persecutory. I don't remember. God, let's just call them paranoid delusions. It's so sad that Mr. Joe's memory is really fading like this. But nevertheless, those paranoid delusions are those, um, you know, these are really the common ones that people think about when they think about delusions, like being suspicious or suspecting that someone's following you or you're being spied on or someone's secretly listening to our podcast right now and they know what you're thinking and what I'm thinking and what I'm going to say and how you're going to react. Well, that's paranoid delusions. And then you have, oh God, how could I leave this one out? I was going to say delusions of grandeur, but before I get to that one, delusional jealousy my goodness who might that be well I mean defined it's very simple you think that your spouse your partner in my case my wife is being completely unfaithful when they're really not being unfaithful and you're just jealous and you think that that's happening and it's just not the case Um, and you know Mr. Joe still continues to live with that so you know when that does happen I know I'm off I know more. Here I am sitting here saying that I'm a, one word to describe me would be stable, yet at the same token, I am still feeling that delusional jealousy to some extent. So I know that I'm like right there, like on the scale, tipping a little bit into wackadoo land, but still maintaining my balance here in our regular world, if that makes any sense. So then um, I just mentioned also delusions of grandeur, for those of you who are unfamiliar with that, that's... Uh, essentially believing that you're like a god of some sort or famous or, you know, this public and publicly important person. Um, and I have to tell you, one of the times or the times in which I get that feeling a lot is when I'm driving around and I'm listening to my radio or songs and all of a sudden I start to sing along with that song and my mind tells me that I have been the creator and writer and, you know, orchestrator of that particular song and I've taken it back over and now I'm singing and I'm in my car and I'm envisioning myself singing on a stage and, you know, rapping in my concert and the whole crowd jumping up in the air and, you know, Mr Joe, Mr Joe. I mean, come on. You know, please. I I I don't sing. I'm not I'm not famous. I'm not publicly important. I'm not a god. And I certainly don't have a good voice. I could rap, I could freestyle rap, but I don't have a good voice. And when I tell you this, believe me, nobody is watching me on stage. So I've been able to differentiate at the moment between fact and fake. I know I'm not a singer, but yet when I am in a certain mode, and I'm jamming in my car, and the mania is in full-blown mania mode, you best believe that there is no doubt in my mind that I will experience some delusions of grandeur um, from time to time, so um, something to keep in mind. And uh, that's it, I mean, you know, again, here I sit here and say, you know, from a mental standpoint, um, in terms of my overall state of mind, I'm feeling pretty good. But yet there is this little bit of paranoia or delusional jealousy that remains with Mr. Joe. And sometimes I can't help but say to myself, is it ever going to go away? I don't know. I guess some days are better than others. And Oh, by the way, just to throw in there a little extra curricular positivity for Mr. Joe, aside from the CT scan that I took on Saturday... I then had an appointment with the dentist. Hmm. And uh, I made sure to let him know about my front tooth and I gotta tell you, he took it off. I know it sounds weird, but he took it off, he did some work on it, he actually was able to see where it was bothering me and unfortunately what it comes down to guys is my implant is fine, the cosmetic piece is just a disaster. And for some reason, no matter how it sits, it's just never going to sit right. With that being said, it's been adjusted and I honestly have to say since I've had a implant and the cosmetic piece there this is the best that it's felt so you know I I make this little nose twinge and I don't feel the pain at least not like I did anymore because I'm twinging my nose now or if twinging is even a word I mean is it a word god I have no idea I'm a little off today I mean again great state of mind but definitely a little confused, everybody, um, so there's no doubt about that, but confused and happy about the fact that I am taking care of my physical ailments to some degree and making sure that um, you know, I don't just let things go by the wayside and not take care of them. I want to be around for my family. That is, of course, as long as they're not sticking a camera into my penis hole. That is a whole nother situation. And hopefully, we'll never get to that point. Because if we do, Mr. Joe won't be around much anymore. Because I'm not doing it. I think I've already made that perfectly clear. So, nevertheless, it's been an absolute joy, as always, to be back with my audience for Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. And uh, if those of you who are looking to talk, and I have quite a few emails, my goodness, I got some really great stuff this week. As a matter of fact, and I'm not going to reveal it, I won't read it, and I won't say who wrote it, but very interesting. I think this happened about a week ago, and I saved it in my inbox. I usually make a separate folder for bipolar. I have a bipolar folder in which every single piece of communication that I have with anybody, any listener, goes in that folder. Um, Then I have... Uh, podcasting as a folder so any information about my podcasting hosting site or anything that has to do with podcasting in terms of technicalities that'll go in there so any of my conversations like I said with a listener will go into the bipolar folder this one happened to remain in my inbox and I kept it there because I found it to be so interesting and again it came last week but it was a poem for Mr. Joe I'm not gonna read the poem because I don't want to identify and it was not a very long poem But I tell you, it had a lot of energy to it. And it had a lot of, not only energy, but it had a mysteriousness behind it, if that's a word. Very mysterious. Um, I feel like you really had to delve into it to, to decipher exactly what was being said. And, you know, to some extent, my paranoia alone won't allow me to think that it's all positive. But regardless, it was pretty cool, so... I have that still in my inbox and uh, quite a few other emails to read from. But if you'd like to add to that email collection, please know that I will always get back to you. You could reach me at uh, Mr. BP, Mr. Joe BP at Yahoo dot com. There you go. I'm not even remembering what my contact information is anymore. Um, Mr. BP. uh, What is it again? Dear God almighty. I mean, I had to just go look at my email app. Mr. Joe BP at yahoo.com. That's pretty easy. I mean, that's how you get in touch with me. Uh, if you're looking to get in touch with me on Twitter, also, you could find me at Mr. Bipolar Joe. Um, and as always, you know, I look forward to hearing from you guys. Thank you for listening today. And I'll say this in closing: If you are living with a mental illness and you're doing well right now, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to support that person the very best way that you. Know how. And if you're struggling right now with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to battle, continue to fight, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody, have a great day. See you again in a few.